Section 166 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 198. London, March 8, 1754. My dear friend, a great and unexpected event has lately happened in our ministerial world. Mr. Pelham died last Monday of a fever and mortification, occasioned by a general corruption of his whole mass of blood, which had broke out in sores in his back. I regret him as an old acquaintance, a pretty near relation, and a private man, with whom I have lived many years in a social and friendly way. He meant well to the public, and was incorrupt in a post where corruption is commonly contagious. If he was no shining, enterprising minister, he was a safe one, which I like better. Very shining ministers, like the sun, are apt to scorch when they shine the brightest. In our constitution, I prefer the milder light of a less glaring minister." His successor is not yet, at least publicly, designatus. You will easily suppose that many are very willing, and very few able, to fill that post. Various persons are talked of by different people for it, according as their interest prompts them to wish, or their ignorance to conjecture. Mr. Fox is the most talked of. He is strongly supported by the Duke of Cumberland. Mr. Legg, the Solicitor General, and Dr. Lee, are likewise all spoken of, upon the foot of the Duke of Newcastle's and the Chancellor's interest. Should it be any one of the last three, I think no great alterations will ensue. But should Mr. Fox prevail, it would, in my opinion, soon produce changes by no means favorable to the Duke of Newcastle. In the meantime, the wild conjectures of volunteer politicians, and the ridiculous importance which, upon these occasions, blockheads always endeavor to give themselves, by grave looks, significant shrugs, and insignificant whispers, are very entertaining to a bystander, as, thank God, I now am. One knows something, but is not yet at liberty to tell it. Another has heard something from a very good hand. A third congratulates himself upon a certain degree of intimacy, which he has long had with every one of the candidates, though perhaps he has never spoken twice to any one of them. In short, in these sort of intervals, vanity, interest, and absurdity— always display themselves in the most ridiculous light. One who has been so long behind the scenes as I have is much more diverted with the entertainment than those can be who only see it from the pit and boxes. I know the whole machinery of the interior, and can laugh the better at the silly wonder and the wild conjectures of the uninformed spectators. This accident, I think, cannot in the least affect your election, which is finally settled with your friend Mr. Elliot. For let who will prevail, I presume he will consider me enough, not to overturn an arrangement of that sort, in which he cannot possibly be personally interested. So pray go on with your parliamentary preparations. Have that object always in your view, and pursue it with attention. I take it for granted that your late residence in Germany has made you as perfect and correct in German as you were before in French. At least it is worth your while to be so, because it is worth every man's while to be perfect master of whatever language he may ever have occasion to speak. A man is not himself in a language which he does not thoroughly possess. His thoughts are degraded, when inelegantly or imperfectly expressed. He is cramped and confined, and consequently can never appear to advantage. Examine and analyze those thoughts that strike you the most, either in conversation or in books, and you will find that they owe at least half their merit to the turn and expression of them. There is nothing truer than the old saying, Nihil dictum quod non prins dictum. It is only the matter of saying or writing that makes it appear new. 
Convince yourself that manner is almost everything, in everything, and study it accordingly. I am this moment informed, and I believe truly, that Mr. Fox is to succeed Mr. Pelham as first commissioner of the Treasury and Chancellor of the Exchequer, and your friend Mr. York of the Hague to succeed Mr. Fox as Secretary of War. Editor's Note Henry Fox created Lord Holland, Baron of Foxley, in the year 1763. End note. I am not sorry for this promotion of Mr. Fox, as I have always been upon civil terms with him, and found him ready to do me any little services. He is frank and gentlemanlike in his manner, and to a certain degree, I really believe, will be your friend upon my account. If you can afterward make him yours upon your own, tan mieux. I have nothing more to say now but adieu. End of section 166. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.